Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our morning meeting. It's so good to have you with us. Uh, if this is your first time with us, we give you a really warm welcome. And if you consider Harvest Church to be your church family, you are also more than welcome. We'd also like to welcome our children. It's so good having you amongst us. And during our first song this morning, Nadia is going to lead us with some actions. So hopefully we'll see lots of actions going on around the room. It'd be really good to uh, just praise God all together like that. The source, our children's work. Yes, that's happening again this morning. If you're a guest or a visitor and don't know where to go, uh, follow the crowd out through that door when our lovely Katie will tell you when you can go to your children's work. If you are a parent of a child aged naught school year six, please can we ask you to take them down and register them? Uh, we don't want to lose anybody in, in transit, so it's a good way of knowing who's here and who's not. So today, Pentecost Sunday, the day that the promised Holy Spirit, the helper, was outpoured on humankind, that we could be in his presence and know his presence 24-7, 365 days of the year. And that's available to us, which is absolutely amazing. I'm not going to say any more about Pentecost, because Nathan's going to be speaking about that a little bit later, and I don't want to steal his words. So if you feel prompted by God this morning, whether that be a Bible verse or whether that be a word of knowledge, something that God has given you, a picture or an image, or a prophecy, a word of encouragement, whatever it might be, please can we encourage you to share it. I know it's not easy to do that, but you never know who might be touched by receiving that word. But if you can come to the front, just check it out with Nathan and myself, Nathan the responsible elder, that would be great. And if you could use the microphone, that's even better than everybody can hear including those that might be listening to it on the recording later on. In the meantime, I'm going to hand over to Nick, who I can't currently see. Oh, he's there. Who's going to give a testimony? Good morning. Um, let's just settle and give thanks to the Lord Jesus before we speak. So, uh, Lord, we thank you for your glorious presence by your spirit in this place right here and right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Okay, testimony this morning. Um, it's about my, my dad. I call him father, so please don't confuse father with... Uh, the boss. Um, okay, so my, my father, uh, an alcoholic, dementia, uh, all manner of physical problems going on in his life, uh, bitter, angry, um, you name it, uh, poor diet, just, just completely awash. Um, we went, I went to visit, or we went to visit him um, just before Christmas, and um, there he was in his usual state, bless his heart. And we come to leave, and the Holy Spirit said to me, uh, Nick, when was the last time that you kissed your father? 
And I said, well, when I was a child, I suppose. He said, well, now's the time. So I, once we was leaving, um, I, I, I took my father's uh, head and I kissed him on the forehead. And I said, Jesus loves you, Father. And the, the recognition in his eyes, it was like a crystal clearness appeared in his eyes. Holy Spirit said, do it again. Okay? I'll do it again. I said, Father, I bless you in the name of Jesus. And he smiled, and I could see his heart opening before my eyes. Fantastic. We went away. We left. Uh, we come home, and uh, we were very excited that uh, this was happening to my dad. So we arranged another trip to, to visit, um, which we did. And on this second occasion that we visited, visited my father, who had been a lifelong alcoholic, gone completely, no desire to drink whatsoever. His mobility from being pushed around in a wheelchair, he's walking miles around the village. His appetite, we went out for a, uh, took, took them out for dinner, and there he was surviving on enough to uh, feed a sparrow, and the man's eating a big plate full of food and a dessert. And the whole time, he's excited, he's happy, his speech has uh, improved from uh, mumbling to, uh, to, to almost coherent sentences. His head was stuck to his chest. His head is high. His skin was in a terrible state. It's clear, as bright as daylight. And I thank God, as I stand here, that I listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit and kissed my father on the head. So uh, it doesn't need to be said, but I'll say it anyway this morning. Worship with all your heart this morning for what we have been given, which is the greatest possible gift anyone could ever, ever want. To Jesus be all the praise and the glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nick. Isn't that great? Isn't that just so encouraging to hear these incredible testimonies? Um, can I invite you, if you are able, to stand? We are going to worship the God that heals, the God that frees us from these afflictions and uh, from illnesses. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to sing, He's our rescuer this morning. He's our rescuer. Hey. He's our rescuer. Hey. We are free from sin forevermore. Oh, how sweet the sound. Hey. Oh, how grace abounds. Hey. We will praise the Lord, our rescuer. There is good news for the 
Thank you that you heal. Thank you that you presence yourself with us, that we're never alone, Lord. No matter what's going on, in the good times, you celebrate with us. In the hard times, you cry and you struggle with us. Jesus, we want to lift your name high this morning. We want to praise you for your goodness, for your faithfulness, for all that you do for us, for the great testimonies that we hear. We want to praise you this morning. Amen.
our children go down to their groups as Karen said if you're not sure where to go if you're new here you're welcome to go out of that door and follow the crowd somebody will show you where you need to go
Why don't we lift our voices? Let's lift up his name. Cry out to him. Give him your praises this morning, wherever you are. He wants to hear you this morning. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy of everything that we could bring. Whether we have a lot to give or a little to give, you're worthy. Worthy 
Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the name above all other names, that you alone are worthy of praise and thanks and glory and honor. We thank you that it's you that we come to today. We thank you for the Nick's amazing story of what you're doing in his dad's life. We thank you, Lord, that you're at work in those around us. We praise you, Lord God, and we give you thanks, and we say, Lord, continue to be at work in us this morning. Continue to speak to us this morning, Lord God, that we would hear from you and, and, and receive what you have for us this morning, Lord God. Meet with us, we pray. Encounter us afresh today, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Katie and the band. We're going to have a little bit of time later on to... Uh, spend more time in worship and responding to what God's wanting to do in us today. It's good to be together, isn't it? Relief. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, hey, I am glad to be sitting next to you. Well, some good news for you. If, uh, if you've been around the last couple of weeks, we had our gift week. And um, I just want to say a massive thank you to each and every uh, one who has given or pledged uh, or even just prayed during this time. 
It is great to be a part of a church that is so generous and uh, just incredible. So on Friday morning, I got in touch with Michael, who does our finance, and he says we're up now just to over £38,000 during this gift week, which is incredible. And what that means currently is this. Our mortgage was around 180000 With this gift week, it's going to take us down to around 150000 Doesn't that just edge closer and closer to finishing? Amazing. It also means around £4,000 is being given to international mission. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that good what we're about, what God's doing through us? This is great news. Let's pray for this amazing resource that we've been given uh, through each other. Lord, we praise you for who you are. We thank you that you are the generous God who gives us way more than we deserve. And we thank you, Lord God, for what you have, have brought about over the last week through this gift week. Thank you for this £38,000 that we get to use, Lord God, to, to bless others and that we get to use to build your kingdom with. We thank you, Lord God, that this mortgage is being cleared. Thank you for the, the, the amazing gift of this building, both for us as we gather, but also, Lord God, the gift that it is to our local community. And we say thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're at work amongst us. Thank you for for every pound that's been given, Lord God, and thank you that you have plans to use it for your purposes. We, pr- we commit it to you, Lord, and say it's all yours. This building is yours. Our money's yours. Our resources of time and energy, it's all yours. And we say, Lord, do with it what you want, that you would be glorified, that your name would be glorified through us as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as Karen mentioned earlier, today is Pentecost Sunday, and just that very name for some might bring up many different feelings or emotions for us. Some might be like, what on earth is that? Pentecost what? I've never even heard of that before. Others might feel like, yes, this is my day. This is the moment I wait for every year to celebrate what the Holy Spirit has done and what is continuing to do. And yet others might even just be turned off by the thought of this day, let down maybe by previous experiences or or lack of experience. I want to encourage us this morning to each come with a, a desire to lay down our past experiences and thoughts and come just afresh to who God is this morning. To come saying, Lord, I want you. Whatever that looks like, I want you. I want your presence, and I want your goodness in my life. At the beginning of the book of Acts, we find 11 of the 12 disciples of Jesus remaining. Judas has killed himself out of great guilt, but we also find other followers and friends who are close to Jesus. It's hard to imagine the fullness of what they were experiencing for ourselves, but picture the scene. Three years of experiencing hope and joy and life like no other has ended. Jesus was amazing and wonderful to be with and around. The best three years of their lives. And even though he's resurrected, he's now been ascended. He's gone. No longer with them. And yet think back to that day when he ascended to the Father. He said, 
and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. The questions that arose when Jesus died were probably resurfacing again. As people, we have this frustratingly annoying habit, or at least I do, of complaining quickly when things don't go our way. The Israelites in the desert after the great exodus from Egypt are a great example. But think about our own lives, and I'm sure we can quickly find examples too. I can go from praising God and thanking him for his provision to questioning him if he really cares and knows about my needs in a matter of moments. So I wouldn't be surprised if these followers of Jesus are scared, fearing death or punishment like that which Jesus faced. I wouldn't be surprised if they're questioning if what Jesus said was true. Would he really be with them always? How? What does that, what does that even look like? Was another really coming as he'd promised? Was it going to be another like Jesus? Where will they come from? In Acts 1, we see Jesus promises who is to come after him. Acts 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit was going to come to the disciples of Jesus to fill them with power, to enable them to be witnesses of the work and resurrection of Christ and to build the church to the ends of the earth. And so they would have been there remembering what Jesus had said about who the Holy Spirit is and what he will do. They were waiting in obedience to Jesus to what he had commanded them to do. I'm sure they would have been reminding each other of what the Old Testament spoke of about the Holy Spirit and what had been written about the Holy Spirit coming upon certain people at certain times, but then also the promise for all people to receive the Holy Spirit, not just special people or at special moments. And so we're going to read from the book of Acts. If you have a Bible, uh, let's turn to Acts 2, or if you have a phone, turn to Acts 2. It's not going to come up on the screen this morning. But I'm just going to skip around a few verses from Acts 2. Acts 2 verses, uh, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Skip down to verse 11. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? 
Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and, and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then just skip down to verse 37. Peter's just addressed the crowd and, and gone on to explain more of the Old Testament. And he says, therefore, oh sorry, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this account of what happened almost 2,000 years ago, of how your spirit was poured out upon thousands. And we say, Lord, would you do something anew with us today? We thank you, Lord, that this pouring out of your spirit led many to you. And we say, God, would you do something anew in us today that many would turn to you again. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wonder if you could think back with me for a moment about the birthday or Christmas gifts you've been given in the past. I know there, there might be a lot to think about there. I wonder if you could think back about a time that perhaps you were given something more of a hint of what you needed to do rather than what you wanted as a gift. Has anyone received a present like that? Maybe like a pair of running shoes. You just need to get out more. Come on, you need to go running. Anyone received a gift like that? No one. No, no one. No one received it. No one wants to admit it because they're sitting next to that person who gave them that gift <laughs> as a hint. Fair enough. My wife is not here this morning, so I can say I have no, I've, no, I never received a gift like, no, never, never. Think again for the moment. A time, perhaps, when you were given a gift, perhaps it was something that you asked for or were expecting, but what you found was that gift was so much better than even you had expected it to be. 
for me, I think back to my uh, childhood and I think of the Nintendo 64 <laughs> with Mario Kart. I, I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't expect it to be that good. It was pretty special. My parents told me, you will get bored after a few hours. Oh, no. Oh, no. I could play through the night. It was fine. <laughs> Incredible. I want to go through three points about the Holy Spirit and what we read of in this passage in Acts 2 this morning. First is this. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift given to us. And that gift is a huge hint for what we need and what we are lacking. But the Holy Spirit is also so much better than what we expect, than what we think. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we are talking about a person, part of the Trinity of God, ever-existent, all-powerful. There's never been a time when the Holy Spirit hasn't existed the Holy Spirit is an equal part of the Trinity, sent by the Father and the Son to come and empower believers. The Holy Spirit can be welcomed and can be offended. The Holy Spirit isn't a force, isn't a thing, but a person with character and feelings, one to walk alongside with, and a gift. He's a gift to us, a closest friend. And so much better than we could imagine. He's what we each need to thrive in life. The Holy Spirit is described by Jesus as the helper. The one who will come alongside us. He comes that we might enjoy relationship with God. That we might hear the still voice of the Lord and the heart of God for us. As Karen said earlier, 360 days of the year. He leads and directs us, prompts and provokes us. We see of Jesus how he walked on this earth in the power of the Holy Spirit, in relationship with the Holy Spirit. The second point is this, the Holy Spirit has power and empowers us. We see in the account in Acts that the Holy Spirit comes with power and to empower the followers of Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes to empower us. How does he do this? He reminds us of our identity as sons and daughters of the living God. We're not slaves. We're not far-off servants. We're not outsiders. We are children of the living God. The Holy Spirit empowers us to call God our Father. Abba, Father, Dada, Papa. There's not an insecurity or an uncertainty to our welcome into God's presence. We are welcome as children. I love that moment when I leave work and go to pick up my boys from nursery or go home and see them at, uh, at the door at home. And whatever they're doing, they're doing, they just drop. They just drop it. They might have been in a terrible mood and they suddenly they're, they're just fine again. They run towards me. Arms out, Daddy! It's just the best feeling. It doesn't matter whether they've had a good day or not. They're caught up in that moment of just daddy's home. They know that they have instant access to me. And I'm theirs. And friends, the same is true for us with our Heavenly Father. 
we have instant access. The Holy Spirit leads us into relationship. He empowers us. He empowers us as witnesses. We're caught up in the great mission of God, empowered to share the love of God with others and with actions and with words, empowered to share the great message of the gospel. Recently, I've been amazed by two particular opportunities that God's given me. We were, um, we had, I can't even remember what he did, but we had a guy come into the building a, a number of weeks ago who was checking fire something, fire something, there we go. And uh, he came into my office and said, I need to get in your office and, and do something. I was like, that's fine. And I, I was in the middle of doing some preach prep. And so I picked up my stuff and, and started to walk out the door. And uh, then I just turned around because I felt prompted in that moment just by the Holy Spirit just to stop. And uh, I was, I'd been so fixed on what I was doing that I forgot that there was someone right there in front of me. And uh, I just said, how are you doing? And uh, he started talking. And uh, he started sharing how his... Uh, recently, his mother-in-law had died, and how he and his wife had witnessed her dying right there in front of them with a heart attack. And he, he didn't have a faith, but he certainly was spiritual and was seeking God. And he started just to share everything that was going on in his life. And uh, it was amazing. I got to share my preach with him before I got to then bring it here. Um, but just had this amazing opportunity where God was at work in this guy, and it started for me just... Like with uh, Nick shared earlier, just stopping and listening to the Holy Spirit, listening to his prompting. I got to pray for him, and uh, yeah, just so grateful for that time. Then last week, I was at, um, I was at the U.S. Embassy, uh, queuing for, to try and get a visa uh, for when we moved to the States in the summer, and um, I, I stood in line, and there was this massive long line. I've never seen a, such a long line there before, and uh, I stood there, and I went, Oh, oh, this is annoying. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick my headphones in because I do not want to talk to anyone. And just before I got my headphones in my ears, this guy came up behind me, stood at the queue there, and was like, what are you queuing here for? I was like, well, probably the same thing as you. And we started this conversation. And, um, but it was amazing. Suddenly, things started opening up where he was talking about uh, his job and his, uh, his failed marriage and sharing about where his kids were at. And he said, what do you do? I kind of work for this big organization, kind of globally, and oh, really well, it's called the church. Do you know the church? Yeah, oh. oh. And suddenly this opportunity is like, I used to go to church. Can you tell me more about your church? Where do you stand on boom, 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 boom? And uh, just kind of had this amazing then opportunity to share with him in the queue. And I'm just amazed, I think, I'm, a, I'm amazed by the opportunities God's given me in the last couple of weeks, but amazed how the Holy Spirit prompts things and leads us in ways that we don't expect. But he also empowers us for that moment as well. He empowers us in the moment. He leads us in there. Both times my flesh wanted to hide away or shut off, but the Holy Spirit empowers me. He empowers us to build up the church. If you're a believer and a follower of Jesus, we are called to be a part of the body of Christ, the church. We're not called to isolation or just ourselves and my individual faith. We have been called and joined together. 
with the body of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are given spiritual gifts. Are they for our fame and our acknowledgement from others? No. Are they to be seen as a proper member of the family? No. Are they to find our security and place? No. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us for the building up of others, for the building up of the church. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12 says, Since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. I love this story in the book of Acts. How the disciples, those gathered, suddenly start speaking out in tongues. It's probably not the spiritual gift that I would have recommended them to start with. But that's what the Holy Spirit did in that moment. Why? Because he wanted to build up all of the crowd that were around. He wanted them to hear how amazing God was in that moment in the crowd that was around. He empowers us to build up the local church. Finally, point three, Holy Spirit holiness. There's a clue in the name, isn't there? The Holy Spirit. He is holy. He is set apart, pure. Not just pure now, but eternally pure. Always morally right in every way possible. His ways are perfect. His love is perfect. And his judgments are perfect. And so the Holy Spirit is holy. And he comes to believers because we have been made right with God through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Because Jesus took our sin and shame on the cross, we have been given righteousness. Rightness with God. We've been given a new heart that beats for God. On that day in Acts 2, Peter preaches the good news and truth of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is poured out. And what happens? People repent and follow Jesus. They encounter the Holy Spirit who leads them to the holiness of who God is and leads them into repentance. The Holy Spirit comes to bring about repentance, faith, and obedience to God. The Holy Spirit brings renewal, described like a wind and like water in the Bible. The Holy Spirit comes bringing deep renewal to us. Life and satisfaction to the depths of our souls. Terry Virgo, founder of our New Frontiers family of churches, writes this. We sometimes hear the illustration that God is looking for empty vessels so that he can fill them. But the Holy Spirit wants not so much to fill your empty glass, but to fill your open sail. Fullness on the move. Filling your sails with dynamic energy and mobility, rather than simply filling your static cup. We're currently in a series in the book of Psalms. You might be wondering, where did that go today? I want to turn to a psalm right now. And it's Psalm 51. Psalm 51, in just a few verses, verses 10 to 13, says this. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me 
a willing spirit to sustain me, then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. As we welcome the Holy Spirit to come near to us, we ourselves must also be changed. Not through willpower or determination, but through humility and openness to the Holy Spirit's holiness at work in us. Changing our hearts, our minds, our attitudes and our actions. This preaching series that we're in right now is called Real. Real because we have a real God who knows what we need and what we're like. When Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, he wasn't saying, here's a good idea for you guys. He was saying, this is who you need. Friends, the Holy Spirit is who we need day in, day out. In the workplace, in the school, in our homes, in our families, time with our friends. The Holy Spirit is who we need to live for Jesus. The Holy Spirit isn't a would you like sugar with your tea kind of option for the Christian walk. The Holy Spirit is the solution for the fulfilled Christian walk. If the Holy Spirit was given free reign in our lives and in this church, how would we be changed? I'm going to repeat that. If the Holy Spirit was given free reign in our lives and in this church, how would we be changed? A few months ago, our cordless uh, vacuum cleaner battery, it, it kind of was dying to extreme effects. So much so you put it on charge for a whole day and then you pick it up and go, and then five seconds later, it's like, oh. So like we were trying to do lots of small little crumbs at a time, just kind of charge, back to the crumbs, charge. It was pretty frustrating. So we sent off for a new battery. And suddenly the new battery brought new life to the whole vacuum. Suddenly we had 20, maybe 25 minutes of sucking. <laughs> and it just kept on going. It was like a new Hoover. The interesting thing is, is that during that previous few months, we hadn't really noticed the lack of power. We've been getting less and less and less, but just kind of each day not really noticing it until suddenly we couldn't do what we were trying to do with it. In our lives, we can become so busy, so distracted, bored, or uninterested that we don't even realize that our relationship with the Holy Spirit has been dropped by us. And we don't just need a quick top-up, but we need a full filling of the Holy Spirit. We need a helper, not just to change, or not, sorry, not just to charge us, but to replace our whole battery and our ability even to be charged. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us to help us, to empower us to be changed from the inside out, to be able to receive God's power and to be revived for his glory. I'm going to ask the band to come up and we're going to just spend some moments responding. And We've got some time available this morning where we're going to spend some time worshipping but I want to invite and encourage us this morning to come afresh to God.
and say, God, I, I want a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit this morning. You might be dry, or you might be just loving life, and loving relationship with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter where we are, but we can all come. And we're going to do that just where we are. But if you want specific prayer from someone, that option is also available. So you can just respond where you are and just let God do what he wants to do in your life. But if you want specific prayer, can I ask you to come down here just to where Karen uh, is standing? And we'll find someone. We have people who are going to be willing to pray for you. Uh, so please do come forward if that's you. But for many of us, we'll just need to just seek God for ourselves and respond to what he's doing in our life. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have been poured out on all people now. Not just the few. And I thank you that you want to walk with each of us today. Holy Spirit, we say, come. You are welcome in this place. You are welcome in our lives. We want to receive a fresh filling today, that our sails would be opened to be caught up with who you are and your purposes. We say, Holy Spirit, come and draw us close. Draw us close to Jesus. Draw us close to the Father. Draw us close that we would know intimacy with our Father God, that we would know that we are sons and daughters. Draw us close that we would be empowered to live for you. Draw us close that we would know your holiness and that we would be changed right at the depths of our heart. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, and say, come. Do what you want amongst us. In Jesus' name, amen.
speaking something out in your heart right now. Maybe he's speaking to you. start again. We've been singing about the God who was and is and is to come. And for some people here, I believe they're looking back at what God's done and they understand the God who was. And they're looking forward 
to the God who is to come and what God will do in the future. But they're struggling with the God who is. He's the God of today. He wants to meet with you today. Not just yesterday, not tomorrow, but today. He's the God who is. between us nothing between us the veil is torn you're calling us closer we run to you This life 
Spirit of God. Yes, Lord, we pray, have your way. If you didn't respond and you feel now that you would like to respond and have some prayer or whatever, please ask the person you came with, you're sitting next to, or come and find one of us. We'd be only too happy to pray for you. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus also promised the Holy Spirit, I will ask the Father and he will give you another help to, help to be with you forever the spirit of truth. Isn't it great to be living in the fulfillment and not in the promise? I think that's absolutely incredible. That's amazing. Well, as we're concluding our meeting together this morning, uh, thank you, Nathan, and thank you to everybody else who's contributed to our morning to make sure it uh, has happened. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, giving your time and serving us so faithfully. We'd also like to say thank you to anybody that is here for the first time or you've only been coming a couple of occasions. We're just so glad that you've come and joined us. We hope you've enjoyed your more meeting with us. As you came in, hopefully you would have been given a welcome pack. Inside of that, there is a Connect card. If you haven't got one, you can pick one up over on the welcome table over there. It's just a great way for us to know who's been amongst us. Perhaps we'd be able to help you in some way if you're new to the area, help you find things, etc. So we could really encourage you to actually complete that and give it back to somebody in the welcome team, Nathan, myself, or pop it in the gift and offering box that's over on the side table, my left, your right. Okay. We don't actually have any announcements for, for what's going on here for the coming week, but that doesn't mean God's gone, gone on holiday. He's still around and we can still call upon him. But there are a few events coming up in our community that we just wanted to highlight to you that you might want to go to as a family, as a life group even, so you can start thinking. On the 24th of June, there's the Armed Forces Day. So there's gonna be a procession going up through to Anstey Park. And then the Autumn Victorian Cricket is on the 25th of June. And then the Thank You Sunday is on the 2nd of July at Anstey Park. The Cricket's at the Butts. Those, these, though these events are free, there'll be plenty to spend your money on. So you might just want to take some money, especially if you've got children. So with that, I'm going to conclude our meeting. Parents, if we could ask you to go and collect your children and sign them out and perhaps say thank you to the leaders that have been looking after, caring, and uh, being with them this morning. And for the rest of us, refreshments will be available 
over in our cafe area, please hang around because we'd love to connect with you. Thanks very much and hopefully see you next week. <laughs>